Welcome to the Radiant Life Podcast. I am your host, Tatiana Kuto, and I am a master mindset coach, and I'm obsessed with empowering you to live and create your best life possible. If you're looking to uplevel your mindset, life, happiness, and success, then you are in the right place. My goal with this podcast is to help you see the potential within yourself, to be able to break the limiting beliefs and habits that are holding you back, and to help you feel inspired to get clear with who you are in order to create the life you desire. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Radiant Life Podcast. Today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Miss Allie Vaith. Allie is an IFBB pro as well as a mind-body-spirit coach. She helps men and women find inspiration, strength, and truth in their life and really overcome their mindsets and take control of their health. And so in today's episode, we talk all about her story, how she handled setbacks, failures in her life, and really turned it into beauty and took control of her life and her mindset, which allowed her to become an IFBB pro as well as starting her own business and helping men and women build the best life of their dreams. There's so much juicy content. We go a little bit deep into the mindset realm. She is as well an NLP practitioner, just as me. We give some tough love and truths and a lot of aha moments are to be expected with this episode. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy and let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Radiant Life Podcast. I have Allie Vaith with me. Welcome. Thank you for being on today's episode. Aw, thank you so much, Tatiana. Nice to meet you all. I'm super pumped to be on this podcast with you today. Yes, I'm so excited. Just so you guys know, backstory, how Allie and I met. I think we met, it was a year ago because I Mm -hmm. joined. Yeah, so we met in the same business coaching program that we're still currently in uh, with our business coach, Graham. And we met finally in July in person and we hit it off and we were like, we vibe really, really well. (laughs) Totally, it was a good time. Yeah, and so I wanted to have her on here because I love her story. I think it's so inspirational, and I wanted to just ask even more questions to dive into it. So tell us, let's start with you explaining kind of who you are, where you're from, and what you currently do. Definitely. All right, so I am right now a mindset and lifestyle fitness coach. So career-wise, I am an IFBB bikini pro, and I also own my own business. Uh, called AV Fitness, where I do the mentoring and lifestyle programming, like I just mentioned. Um, Let's see, I went to school for exercise science right now, um, just as Tatiana, I'm doing NLP. So we're both going for our master pack certification. Um, Yeah, and then I've worked with quite a few mentors. So it's just been like a lot of random knowledge building up over the years. Um, I'm originally from Long Island, New York, lived in Indiana, grew up there since I was five. And then when I turned 27, I decided to move to Florida. I was like, no more cold winters. I need to get out of here. So right now I'm currently in Tampa area, which is amazing. And I don't think I'm going anywhere anytime soon. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I, I think does that answer all the questions? Yeah, that did. No, I agree with you. I'm I'm over the winter too. I'm like, I don't need to do this. Um, so did you always so you said you got your degree in exercise science, it was. So did you always know that you wanted to be within the health and fitness industry, or how did you kind of come about that? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I always knew I wanted to do health and fitness. Like ever since I was maybe eight, nine or 10, I went to a conference like ISU for Girl Scouts and it was talking about nutrition and dietetics. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So at a young age, I wanted to like be a dietitian or something in the fitness. But as I started college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I thought nursing was going to be the best bet. Like I really wanted to be a nurse. I love helping people. Um, my knowledge of the hospital is like, oh, like I think this would be a cool job. Long story short, um, I direct admit into a nursing program. I actually failed out my second year of nursing school. So I was actually in nursing school and you can't get two C minuses and a C minus is like anything under C 74%. So I failed out because I got two 73%. And I actually failed the class by one point on a test on my final. I was one point away. Yeah. I so sad. So after those two years, I was like, well, shit, I only have two years until I graduate. What am I going to do? And so my advisor is like, well, it's, since you have a lot of your prereqs done and you went pretty hard those first couple of years, you can still graduate on time. Just switch your uh, degree to exercise science. And I was like, what am I going to do with that? So <laughs> <laughs> I ended up, um, you know, going for that degree, graduating. I did my um, understudy in uh, cardiac and pulmonary rehab. And I was like, you know what? I'll use this as a second uh, option in case starting my own business doesn't work out. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just knew like, I'm not working for the man. Like I remember thinking (laughs) that I was like, not doing that. Like that sounds horrible. So I bartended and I bartended for years and actually up until 2019 and I bartended and coached for a while. Once I decided I finally needed to start coaching, but that's, yeah, that's the whole next part of the story. Wow. Okay, cool. So you had an idea. That's so funny. You were interested in this at such a young age. Yeah. I love the health and fitness. Like I like looking aesthetically pleasing, but I also like health. Like I liked eating healthy. I like doing healthy things. I like sports and nutrition. So it makes sense. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So before we move on, tell me a little bit. So you failed. I can't believe you failed off one point. So you failed essentially off of one point, how, like, bring us back to that time. Like, how did you overcome that failure? Wow. Well, I was already on my own. So at the age of 17, I left my parents' house. Uh, We just didn't agree on a lot of things. My parents wanted more control. And I was the type of kid that was like, um, give me some of my freedom, you know? And so I ran with that. And so from the age of 17 up until I failed out when I was around age 20 or 20, yeah, 20. Um, I, I already dealt with failures. You know, I've already didn't go to the college of my choice due to not getting a scholarship full ride there, which I did get at my college. So that's what made the decision easy for me. Um, and then I, I felt like I failed in other ways. Um, so I already dealt with a lot of hardships. I was working a lot. I was in a sorority. Um, I was, running for chairs on my recruitment and a bunch of other stuff. So by the time I failed nursing, it kind of just felt like I tried my best. Like I'm not a logical, I'm not a like a very logical thinker when it comes to like school. So I like practical stuff. I like 
using my skills. I like being with people and the hands-on experience side. So when it came to, Hey, your worth is based on a test score. You didn't memorize enough in this week versus all the other people who did. It's like, does that, like, I, I guess I, I've never been the type of person that let other people define me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great skill to have. But for me, at least I've had to work that up. So that's nice that you had that kind of natural. Yeah, sounds like definitely. when you, so when that happened, did you see it as like, this won't define me, I'm going to make something else. Or did you kind of sit in that self-pity at all at any point in time? Yeah. And I definitely sat with it for a while. So, you know, one story I always joke about is I smoked weed in college and I actually got my first big bong because <laughs> bong outside of the, the dorms and some kid came up and he's like, join the army. And I was like, he's like, do you want my bong? And I was like, sure. So I'm like crying, walking down the dorm area, holding like a two foot bong, like, just like I was so sad I probably got really high so like you know I I'm more than likely didn't handle it very well in the moment and I actually had like a whole entire month or two before I had to decide what to do because classes you know I could enroll later on um so I failed you know probably that was in April and I decided around June I think what I wanted to do so it took me a couple months to understand where my life was heading but I knew that I wanted my college degree but in the back of my mind, I also knew that, like, did I actually want to work for people? Like, is this a good thing, maybe? Mm. So it was kind of, a, I mean, it looks like a blessing in disguise, right? Oh, yeah. Which at those times when you're, you know, facing like a disappointment, a failure, a hardship, you don't see that until, mm-hmm. you know, later on. Was there a moment between like April to June anything specific, a conversation with someone that kind of had you be like, okay, no, this is happening for me. I'm going to make a change. Or was it just that process that really did it for you? I think it was mainly the process. I had other people telling me like, you know, there's so much you can do with different degrees and not to really worry about it. Like for a second, I thought my life was crashing in on me, but when I'm being brutally honest, it's like, it was a blessing in disguise. And I think I started seeing that over the the months that I was deciding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And I think has that, has that quote unquote failure and shift in mindset and perspective, has that helped you in any other difficulties along the way? Hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like it has. I mean, it helped me overcome something that, you know, many people may have seen as a huge obstacle and maybe even dropped out of college and for me, it was like, okay, how can I learn how to work harder to overcome this? Because what I ended up doing is taking 17 to 18 credit hours every semester for the next four semesters, including a 480 hour internship. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. Like I, and I was working, I was working at a bar. So I, I definitely learned how to hustle. Now, was that healthy for me? Probably not. Was I drinking all the time? Probably was, you know, but (laughs) I was 22 trying to figure it out, trying to have fun and enjoy myself while, you know, in affording my life and getting my education. So it was yeah. an interesting time. I felt like it was just like a, a constant hustle. Yeah. I feel like everybody goes through some phase of that, you know, hustle, do what you have to do to mm-hmm. build yourself up. Right. But mm-hmm. I think that experience is such a great example 
of like what I say, I don't believe failure exists. I say it's always feedback. It's always a lesson or a wake up call or something to allow you to pivot or shift your perspective and just figure it out. And for you, who knows if you would have been on this path, having your own business, if you didn't fail that class by one point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have been like, I mean, that's the crazy thing. I probably would be a nurse now and more than likely not liking my life. Yeah. So it's always a blessing in disguise. I love it. So tell me a little bit. So you graduate, then what? What? How did you get into the bodybuilding world and the coaching world? Mm-hmm. So I always liked working out, like I mentioned, and I would train in college. Um, my senior year, I was in CrossFit. So I always enjoyed lifting heavy. And guys, just so you know, years. So as we move forward, this was all happening. I started college in 2010 and graduated in 2014. So this was like 2013, 2014, I was getting more fit. Um, I hit a wall when I turned 21, I realized I was getting a little chunky because of all the, you know, bad eating habits. So I started like, you know, not really noticing this is before Instagram too, guys, um, that, you know, I needed to eat healthier and, and watch what I was eating and make healthier meals and blah, 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 blah. So I started doing that whole thing. I got really fit actually. And then when I graduated in 2014, I went straight to Indianapolis, how to get out of Terre Haute. And I started bartending and I bartended for a couple of years. And right as I made this oath to myself, and I think this was in 20, halfway through 2015, maybe I said, I'm going to make a change. I can't do this anymore. Like I can't be a bartender for another couple of years and not try to start my own business or try to get a job to do something I like or whatever it might be. Hmm. And the day I made that decision to myself, the universe really tested me by breaking my ankle. Literally. Yeah. I didn't know you broke your ankle. Yep. I shattered it. I was playing softball for fun. Everyone was getting drunk. I was like, Oh, I'm sober tonight. And I broke my ankle. And that really did shift my life because I had to sit with my thoughts. It was really depressing. I was alone all the time because Michael, um, my, my ex, he worked at a different, in a different city for the time. So like I was alone sitting on my chair, like with my pain meds, uh, for like, it seemed like two, three months and yeah, it was pretty rough. And then I had to get another surgery because I, like essentially it happened in May and my stuff wasn't really over until like November. Yeah. So after that, I realized I need to make a change. And around that time, that's when competing started getting kind of a little bit of steam. Like in 2015, mm-hmm. Instagram was finally getting a little bit of steam. I was following a few people like Katie Hearn and Taylor Chamberlain, like they live in my area and I kind of knew them. So I was like, oh, like these people are doing really cool stuff. Wow. They have beautiful bodies, like, you know, Heidi Sommers and all these people. And I was like, wow, what's this? And that's when like social media, you know, was so new that it was kind of like you looked up to these people like really quickly. Like you, they could have, like, I mean, Taylor Chamberlain, for instance, like looked up to her because of her competing and her lifestyle, but she was like in my backyard. And so it felt like super real. It felt like, oh my God, if they can do it, I too. Yeah. That kind of started it. Like I remember on January 1st, 2016, I told myself, I'm like, I'm going to start now. Like today's the day. Wow. So I'm going to go deeper into that in a second, but I want to know, because I think a lot of people can value from this. 
so you tell yourself, I'm going to get my you know shit together. And then you break your ankle, <laughs> which I had no mm-hmm. idea about. How did you overcome that mindset? How did you take advantage of that time with your thoughts? And how did you think like, wow, like, did you ever have the thought like, wow, God, the universe may not want me to start my own business. And this is why my ankle broke, you know, broke, bring me through that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, actually I thought the opposite. I thought this happened to me. So I could realize that the life I was living wasn't the life I was supposed to live. Ooh. I had to stop working at the bar. I can't bartend with a broken ankle. I had mm-hmm. to use up half my savings. I had to pay like six grand in medical bills. Luckily I had insurance. It was like a $60,000 ordeal at the end of it. You know, it was just like, it put all these strains on me that I didn't even realize, but what it did is it one helped me stop going out all the time. Like, even though I made that commitment to myself that day, it felt real. Mm-hmm. But we all know how sometimes commitments go. Yeah. So it kind of forced me into this new mindset of thinking, okay, I have to, um, I have to do something different. And this is only more motivation that the second I could start moving again, I'm about to go hard. Wow. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So you used it as ammo to be like, okay, I'm making a change in my life. Mm-hmm. I love it. So yeah, Instagram was getting big bodybuilding world was getting big around 2016 that you were like, okay, this is something I could do. Then what, what made you feel like you could do that? Or you were interested in it? Did you just, yeah. Tell yeah. Me through it. So, um, if I'm being brutally honest, you know, I started identifying, um, you know, I worked at a place in college called show me's, which is just like a Hooters. Mm-hmm. And there were girls that were prettier than me. There were girls that worked out more than me. There were girls that like had more of what I thought I wanted at the time. And I was like, well, fuck it. Like, once again, if they can have it, I can have it too. And, you know, it's kind of been my mindset. It's like, if it's been done before, it can be done again. And that's sometimes hard to follow. But when it comes to small baby steps, like the things I was taking, like, okay, committing to making an Instagram, committing to posting on it every day, committing to training every day, committing to eating healthier, it's committing to learning how to track my macros, committing to coaching myself to do X, Y, and Z, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a bikini show. Like I know how to do all these things. Like I'm going to do it for my, I want to look better. I want to feel better. I want to, um, get more notoriety and, you know, and one of the big mistakes, and this is a cool one to retrospect to look back on. So anyone out there that's going through this, like, listen up, but don't do it thinking you're going to gain anything from it. Oh Yeah. Like that was a huge learning curve for me. And I didn't realize that till I was already deep into the competing world. Like, you know, I was like, what I meant by that is, oh, if I can become a pro, I'll get more clients. Or if I become a pro, people will respect me more. If I become a pro, like I'll get an ambassadorship or if I, you know, it'd go on and on and on. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where my head was at during that time. Yeah. I think I've. I've experienced it. I've talked to people, you know, like I want to do a show because I want to look the best I've ever looked and they do it for the external and you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Like, I mean, I ended up doing it because I became a personal trainer and I was like, I may as well, I have to have, you know, have experience with it in case a client wants that quickly learned. It's not the route for me. Um, but for me, I learned a lot about, you know, 
determination and mindset. That's where it all began for me. So tell me a little bit, like what was your hardest lesson or struggles during prep? Because I mean, I've only done one show. You've done it all. (laughs) You're a pro like that. This sport is challenging. What were your biggest struggles and lessons? And what was like the number one thing that you gained or learned from it? Hmm. Well, just like yourself, as I started competing, I realized that I had to work a lot harder. I learned what hard work was. Mm-hmm. I learned what discipline was. I remember joking with my friends that bodybuilded back before it was even a thing when I was in college. And I was like, I would never do that. Like I could never eat the same meals every day. Oh my God, you eat oatmeal and chicken all the time. Like I, I just remember being like flabbergasted by it. Mm-hmm. And then here I am sitting like, I'm, I accept the challenge. Like I'm going to go in, I'm going to figure this out. So it taught me, taught me how to teach myself things. I, for a while, I wasn't just playing victim card, but I was also, well, I'm kind of a victim. It was just like, how do I do something? Oh, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. And so it really taught me that I know how to do things. And if I don't, I have to go figure it out. Mm. You know, it's time to go learn. It's time to look it up. There's Google. We have a YouTube nowadays. So it kind of helped me get through that. Yeah. Having a coach, there's so many avenues you can go. And I remember thinking during that time too, in the beginning, like, okay, well, this is only going to help me mentally, physically confidence wise, but it's also going to help me learn how to become a coach. That way I can coach people. Cause at that point I was like, okay, well they can compete and look good and be a coach. I can do that too. Like, I just remember keep telling myself that. Like, yeah. So uh, that was kind of my plan starting in 2016. I was like, I'm going to post every day. I'm going to compete and I'm going to build my coaching career off of this. So, you know, 2016 goes by, um, I win overall my first show. I do my first national show, second show, totally unaware of what competing actually was and meant and how hard it was. (laughs) And I got my ass kicked. Um, so one thing I learned in that was in the following season before I went pro, in 2017 is that you can't give up. Like it takes time, time and energy and commitment and failure, um, to like, keep going to actually get to your desired result. And without that lesson, like knowing how hard it takes, how many years you put into it and like how many sacrifices you give and how much money you pay. It's like, is it worth it? Like maybe if you're doing it for the right reason. And, um, that was one lesson. And the other lesson is like, you have to enjoy like the process. If you don't enjoy the process, then the, the end result is pointless. Mm. And for me, I really enjoyed the process. I loved waking up. I love the grind. I love training. I remember putting Andy Frisella on every single morning and listening to like how to win the day on my treadmill. And I just getting fired up and like, just the energy that it like, and confidence it grew in me, um, during that time was just so rewarding. Like, I'm not saying it didn't suck, but it was also like, I really did enjoy, enjoy it. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I had like a little, like an addiction to it. I was like, this is fun. I feel unstoppable, invincible. And that feeling allowed me to have the courage to quit my job and start my business. I feel like just the way you said it just kind of explains the entrepreneur journey too. Like you have to keep going. You can't quit. There's no failures. It's lessons. And it's just like getting up and make it happen. Totally. Totally. So 
those are probably the biggest ones that defined me, um, you know, personal development wise, it opened my eyes to the fact that there's so much more to life after looking and achieving your best look and like, uh, physical achievements, I guess, like, yeah, I became a pro and then what nothing happened. It's not like my followers went up overnight. It's not like I, you know, got notoriety. It's not like I got an ambassadorship, like all these things I thought it would help me with. It didn't. And I became pretty vulnerable in a space. Like I felt good about myself. I got fourth, my first pro show. I was, I was feeling good. But then that next season, a lot of stuff started changing with my mindset. My body started stopped responding. Like all these things started happening to me. And I realized at that point I was hitting a new wall of um, my obstacles to overcome. Do you mind sharing some of those obstacles? Yeah, definitely. So after kind of going through everything that I went through, I was feeling pretty good. I was feeling like stuff was coming together, but all those like fantasies is what I like to call them. They're not goals they're fantasies because they're not realistic. All those expectations and fantasies I set on myself, I realized they were starting to crash around me, right? The coaching didn't explode like I thought it could. No one reached out to me to be their ambassador. I wasn't getting paid to work for a company. I wasn't, uh, I didn't have the confidence like I thought I would because I wasn't as skinny or as good looking as some of the other girls in my off season, all these things, right. Just started crashing in on me. And I did a season in 2019. I mean, in retrospect, I did great during the moment. I thought I was a failure and just kind of that, like really low self-worth for a moment, honestly. And it's weird because I always pride myself on confidence, but the deeper I go into my self-development journey, even now, it's like, I didn't really have that good of confidence. I was using other things to give me the confidence. I wasn't actually confident in myself. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. That's deep. And I think whether, you know, you've done bodybuilding or not, I feel like a lot of people struggle with this, you know, Oh, when I lose the 10 pounds, I'll love myself more and feel confident or, when I do, you know, this, then I'll, you know, get the dream job, like, you know, all these external factors. So do you want to dive in? And cause I know this is what we go about, talk mm-hmm. about with our clients. I mean, it's all about the ex- internal to manifest into the external. So how did you learn and start reprogramming your mind to like find that self-confidence and all of these things that you're desiring externally and work on it internally first? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, it does. So once I hit that, what I call kind of a rock bottom in the, in 20, in the early 2019, um, which, you know, everyone has their own terms for it. To me, it felt like a rock bottom. Yeah. And I knew it was getting bad because it was affecting my relationships. It was affecting my sleep. It was affecting my eating. It was affecting like my body. And, um, on a side note, I also was being misdiagnosed with Hashimoto's and hormone issues by my doctor. So he was saying everything was fine. And, you know, long story short, when we get to that, that was not the case. So I was dealing with physical and mental ailments. And when it came to the mental side, 
I didn't know what I needed. And it's kind of funny. I actually just talked about this to a, to a girl today. Um, she reached out and she, she was asking me about my journey and how I got to a point. Um, oh gosh, sorry. I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> You're talking about, um, your journey, a girl reached out to you. She was asking about your journey and kind of, we were talking about the internal, how did you, well, at least I was asking you, how did you, work on the internal for it to manifest in the external since you didn't get, you know, the self-confidence and the stuff. Got it. Yeah. 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 So what I was telling her was that my mindset was to the point where I wasn't being fulfilled coaching my clients the way I was. I knew that there was more. I knew that the mindset mattered most. I knew that my hard work and my discipline and the things I've learned along the journey was what got me there. And nutrition training isn't actually going to be the, you know, the bee's knees, like everyone thinks it is like the way you look is not going to change your life. It's going to be how you think about yourself. So when I was explaining that, it's like, it just dawned on me that unless you can figure out like what to do with your mind, you're never going to get to where you want to go. And so when I realized that I didn't know where to go. I had no idea what to do. And I know that like a lot of people like you, for instance, and a lot of big groups, like they all had mentorships and all these teachers. But when I was in, in, um, Indiana, that wasn't really a thing. Like I called a few places. I remember back in the day when I had some balls and I would like ask them their rates or what they provided and none of it ever felt right. And I didn't really understand how a mentor even worked. Like I just knew I wanted one. And so long story short, my, my neighbor, is this 90 year old lady. She she comes and hangs out with me. I trained her a few times and she's like, you have to follow my, my step nephew thing or whatever. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I reached out and ended up being my mentor, Graham, like our, our mentor. And next thing I know that was in 2019. Um, he, essentially made me look inward to the point where it was almost scary. It was almost a little gross. It was like, holy shit. Like I'm really broken. I had to accept that. Mm. I had to accept that I wasn't as happy and confident as I thought I was. And that takes a long time to break down. Cause like he says, if you, if you go too quick, you're going to shatter the glass ball and it's not going to be pretty. Right. So you have to be really delicate with your ego. Like, you know, you almost have to step-by-step remove yourself from it. So once I realized that I was dealing with that on a deeper level, I was able to start looking at mindset and helping myself and helping other people in a completely different way. Like it just kind of started shifting, shifting my reality, essentially. Because you shift your reality through your thoughts. Mm -hmm. But I think what we've both learned is that, you know, the biggest thing is where do these thoughts stem from? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you, are these thoughts and beliefs ones that you want to keep? Are they even yours? Did someone put them in your head? And if they don't serve you, it's, then it's, you know, doing that inner work that, you know, we both done and we do with our clients, which is like, okay, how can you essentially reprogram your mind to think in a way that serves you? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, yeah. What was your, did you ever have like a biggest lesson or a big struggle when it came to, when you finally had this realization, you know, got a mentor, let's just side note here, like God in the universe works in crazy, crazy ways. And it's so important to pick up on these opportunities and these synchronicities, Mm, right? Because you could have been like, yeah, okay, no, but something must have told you 
Yeah. Right. My, my intuition's always been really strong with things. And up until even a few months ago, I like dismiss it all the time, like all the time. And recently I've been really listening in on it and I'm just starting to see how powerful it is. Like I almost, you know, it sounds a little woo woo, but I almost have like almost premonitions of things mm-hmm. like, I don't know. No, so. it's, I know you get those listening like this might be woo woo. Maybe it's not, but if you're on your self-growth and development journey and you just continue to get more in tune with yourself and connected with yourself, like I, I feel that I feel it. I feel like sometimes I'll just like think something and a moment later it just comes into my sphere and I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. Like your intuition is so powerful, right? What was your biggest struggle when it came to looking inward? Because that's what I think our society has wrong. People fear sitting alone or they feel uncomfortable. And that's why we have all these distractions with social media and go, go, go hustle mentality. So what did you learn with doing that? And what's a piece of advice you could give to someone who is in the beginning or who's resisting that process? Well, I think the first thing is people like to displace their blame, right? There's the victim mentality. There's so many displacing blame things out there that you're essentially just avoiding. And Mm -hmm. People like, for instance, perfectionism. I mean, I can guarantee half your listeners are probably thinking in their head, oh, that's me. That's me. Mm-hmm. And perfectionism isn't, isn't what you think it is. Isn't it like all or nothing mentality isn't like, oh, well, things have to be perfect. Like, oh, I just can't let go black and white. It's, it's the fact that you're too afraid of other people's judgment. Yeah. It's the fact that you don't want to do something that someone else might not approve of. Like it, there's so much that goes deeper. And so it's like, if you're displacing the blame and you're putting it on other people, you're putting it on a label, how many people like half your followers again, who deals with anxiety? Mm. Who has anxiety? Okay. Let me tell you guys right now, no one has anxiety, but you can get anxiety and you get anxiety from external situations. And that's hard reality because if you take away people's labels, then they have to look within. Yeah. Ooh, that's so deep. It's so true. They hide under their mask. Like, uh, you know, I have anxiety. No, you don't. You don't. You, you are not anxiety. You're just labeling that. And it's, it essentially can be like an excuse. And of course, like very sympathetic. I've dealt with depression. I've dealt with anxiety. And I do believe things can come of it. But if you're not looking at the deeper root, the deeper meaning, the deeper emotions, the fear, the guilt, resentment, that is what's manifesting into anxiety. Yep. Whatnot. Yep. yep. All the lower level emotions, right? You know, we're letting them sit into us for so long that it actually causes a sickness. Mm-hmm. And I've always been up and down with this. And I believe, I believe in it. And now I'm a huge believer because I've been through some really interesting things lately. I've, you know, TMI, we we're going to talk about my, my body. Like I have Hashimoto's and I also have like low functioning hormones and I've had it for like four years, five years. I haven't had a period since 2016. I got my first one like last month. And it was after I did a deep release technique session with one of my mentors. And it was like the way the body works when you actually understand it on like a cellular level, it's all interconnected. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's mind blowing. People who do trauma healing can really like change if they have, you know, any type of physical ailment, arthritis and hypertension and obesity. It's all linked together to those deeper seated manifested emotions. Yeah. Because at one point in time, when you were a child, you were probably like, don't cry. 
you're weak if you cry. How many men struggle with that, right? Mm-hmm. Or and women too, but I just feel like it's a common thing with men. Or there's one point someone like made fun of you for that emotion and on a subconscious level, you're just kind of like, okay, I can't feel that emotion because of this. And then mm-hmm. it manifests into physical issues. And I can attest to that. When I hurt my back last March, March, 2020, it, it, I was manifesting it because I wasn't dealing with some deeper rooted issues that were going on in my personal life at that time. And Ooh. once I, <laughs> I got an MRI, I got x-rays, went to my best friend who's a physical therapist and like, granted, like, yeah, I did hurt it and it taught me the lesson to slow down, but I realized a deeper rooted issue was I was dealing with emotions and situations that I was ignoring because I was scared. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. Um, same thing with my back. I, I got, it got so bad in 2019 around the time where I was getting really sad in my hole. Um, I could barely, I couldn't even use my phone at night. My fingers would like go numb. Like they literally like I couldn't text. Yeah. And so like, obviously going to th- like the chiropractor and getting my spine straight this last year and a half has been extremely helpful in that recovery. However, I noticed that when I get stressed or I do anything that's stressful in my body, or I get really upset about something initially it's my, my neck, I'll get migraines and I'll get extremely bad stomach pains and bloating. It's just, it's immediate. Like I could yeah. feel it happening as it's happening sometimes. Yeah. Your body just <laughs> knows. Right. <laughs> so I think the, to come back full circle on this, I think what we're trying to get here, because you have both very <laughs> mindset type of coaches who we believe it all, but I think it all stems from the inner work and finding the internal happiness to then f- be happy with the external. Right. And what you said earlier was the first step is not putting a blame. And something that I listened to, I in a podcast a couple of years ago, is like when you point at someone, put your finger out, you know, you point at someone, you have three fingers pointing back at you, mm. right? So it's like, you made me angry. It was your fault to make me upset. No, really, you have three fingers pointing back on you and you have to take responsibility for your choices, your words, your actions, and your responses. Because at the end of the day, you are not responsible for the wounds you've been through or that someone has caused on you, but you're mm. responsible for your healing. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that, that's when I was like, okay, I need to have these uncomfortable conversations with myself and I need to do some inner healing work, understand where this stems from. If I want a change in my life, because that's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and again and expecting something different. So if you want that, like love, happiness, career change, you have to do something different. And a lot of it, I mean, it's the work, why we do the work we do is you got to look within, you got to figure out who you are to then know what you want. And let me just tell you, this inner work isn't easy and Allie can test for it, but at the end of the day, it's worth it. And if that means you go reach out for someone for help, you hire a life coach, you get a mentor, do it. We've done it. Like if you are listening right now, you're listening for a reason. And I promise you the inner work is worth it. Would you say so? Tell like, what would you say on that? Yeah, totally. So guys, like depending on where you are in your journey, you might just now be saying, holy crap, my mind is blown. What does this even mean? Some of you guys might be like, yeah, old story, but like great information. But depending on where you're at, it's like, I started by working on myself physically. And that's how a lot of people start because Mm -hmm. out a moving body, you're not going to be able to access this mindset stuff. That's, that's for sure. If you listen to anything Tony Robbins says, he won't even work with people that don't already have a nutrition and, and workout regimen. He's yeah. like, I, 
So, you know, he sees how important that is. And I see how important it is. I know the journey in my life, how it helped change me just like it changed you. Yeah. So if you're in that area, focus on the small things, focus on your water, focus on better quality food, focus on organic food, focus on getting better quality sleep, focus on taking better supplements, right? The simple things. If you're past that and you're like, okay, well, I at least have that kind of down. I'm still working on it, but I need more find podcasts. I mean, I, like I said, I listened to Andy Frisella every morning. Like it was my daily newspaper, right? I had to have someone in my ear saying, stop being a, a, a baby. Like, yeah, you know, the tough love <laughs> yeah, out of your own head and do some effing work. And it was like, that's what I needed in that time. And then I remember like Emily Hayden, I've always been a huge fan of Emily Hayden. And ever since she was like, we were younger, like I listened to her stuff. And when she had a podcast that came out right around that time where I felt like I was really deeply in my hole and I listened to it and she was just so kind and so loving. And she's like, you know, we're all here for you. Like, you know, you can do this. And I just needed that at that moment. And then I remember, um, like my other mentor that I work with Ben Pikulski, like his, his, uh, his, um, podcast that I listened to muscle intelligence, it got me to a place where I felt a little bit more, um, in tune. And you're going to notice that when you listen to podcasts or you listen to other people's Instagrams, there are going to be a few of them that stick out so deeply to you and that speak to you. And like, don't like not listen to your intuition, like understand why that's speaking to you. What are their messages? What's resonating with you? How can you grow? And then if you're past that and you're to the point where you're like, well, shit, I need to work with someone like Tati or Allie. Like, I think I'm to the point where I have issues and I really want to fix them, but I don't know how that's when, you know, you need to get a coach. Mm -hmm. Like it has changed my life. And I will never like go without having a mentor again. Like it, I'll always have someone in my ear helping me or training me or teaching me something. Cause it really has changed my life. And I completely believe that if you're not willing to put in that work, then you're going to stay in the same place. You'll always be. Yeah. That's true though. You need that tough love. Andy Frizzella gave it to me too. When I was in corporate, I would listen to his podcast and I was like, oh, this burns, this stings, but you know, you need it. Some, you can't, if not, you're just validating your excuses. And that's what Allie and I do not do with our clients. <laughs> oh, oh, it's like, how can I nicely ask the question to help you see this? Yes. <laughs> we give you some tough love, but respectfully tell you the truth. Right. But it's yeah. true though. And I think that, you know, we practice what we preach. We have our own coaches, coaches need coaches too. But at the end of the day, we see the value in the worth. And if you're here, like, I want to feel this good. I want to feel confident, whether it's with your body, your career, your relationships. If you've been struggling for a while, it's okay to ask for help. And you're going to get there 10 times faster if you do. But mm -hmm. so, and I, and just to touch on this, cause I wrote this down cause I wanted to write on it. It's so important that well, you said this earlier when it came to like Katie Hearn and Taylor Chamberlain, like if they can do it, I can do it. That is such a powerful motto. Like that's what I did too. It's how I quit my job and became a coach because it's true. If somebody else can do it, there is zero negative percent that you can't do it too in your own way or version. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's stopping you back are your own limiting beliefs and failures and little voices in your head. So if you have a big goal and a big dream and you're just kind of like, well, who am I to do that? Or can I even do that? Is that possible? Find one person that's done it or something so close. And if one person does it, has done it, that means you can do it too. 
Mm -hmm. 100%. And like I mentioned in the very beginning is like when I finally found the power in myself to look things up, to realize that I can figure stuff out on my own, that I don't need other people to do things or help me. Like it unlocked a new, a completely new area of my mind where I was like, wow, I can't play this victim card. I can't put blame on other people. I can't say, oh, my mom never taught me that. Or, oh, like my, my boyfriend never let me do this. Or like, you you can't place those blames on people anymore. And once you start taking that responsibility, you realize it is only you. And that's why people start avoiding because Mm -hmm. it's tough for a lot of Americans, 95% of people really like to look inward and realize I am the problem. I am the only reason why I'm holding myself back. It has nothing to do with the fact that I don't have money. It has nothing to do with the fact that I grew up in a bad area. It has all to do with my, my vision and, you know, how I view myself, my confidence in myself. Cause if you don't think you can, like you won't. Yeah. Your, your thoughts dictate your outcome. Really. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, but that's so true. It's so powerful. I mean, you see all these stories Mm-hmm. you just have to build up that mentality. And maybe that is just having a coach to begin with. To- yeah. It takes a long time. Like, yeah, you no, know, very rarely. Well, here's part of the issue with society. You know, who do we praise people mm-hmm. who are the best of the best or people who get there fast? That's yeah. not reality. It's not reality. And either way, the people who either got there fast or are the best of the best, they had coaches to help them get to their, get to that point. Yeah. You need that little, like, I don't know. I find value in just having a conversation, even with a friend. How many times have you talked with a friend? You're like, oh, wow, I never noticed it that way. Or I didn't have that idea, right? Like you get so used to thinking the same way or seeing the same problem with the same mindset or, you know, view on it, like glasses say, but Mm -hmm. when someone else can come here and be like, here, try these glasses, this different Mm -hmm. filter, you know, you can shift your perspective. They can reframe it. They can give you these ideas. And that's how people become happy, successful, fulfilled because somebody was that pattern interrupt for them and be like, wait, hold up. You want stop doing it this way. Do this. Yeah. I love that. And the, the whole, uh, you know, glass, different colored glasses is one of my favorite analogies for this. And I think, you know, every client I work with, it's like, that's one of the first lessons. The first things I say, it's like, yo, the way you see the world is not the way I see the world. The mm. way I see the world is not the way he sees the world, but it doesn't matter how the person sees the world. Essentially it just matters on like, are you viewing it in a positive or a negative way? Are you going to let those viewpoints dictate what you do with your life? Like AK your fears and your limiting beliefs and everything else you're dealing with all your baggage. Are you going to let those things like, you know, dictate if you're going to be a successful person or not? So it's like, essentially it all wraps around. It's like, you have to realize your perception becomes your reality. So unless you hire someone and grow enough kahunas to like have someone pretty much say, Hey, get out of your head. Don't do that anymore. Then you're just going to stay, stay in the same place again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. Yeah. That's why I've invested lots of my money (laughs) in coaches, (laughs) but that's also why I am what, you know, the way I am. And I think, that's why, you know, we became where we are. We said enough at one point, we're not feeling fulfilled. I know at least for me, I wasn't fulfilled in weight loss coaching. And so I kind of wanted to bring it back full circle with like your coaching. So you became, you know, health coach, but like them, what, obviously yeah. you said you started doing the inner work. Did you start automatically implementing that with your coaches? Tell me a little bit like mm-hmm. how that 
transitioned into kind of doing what explaining a little bit more of like what you do now, who you truly help for those listening. For sure. So I went from the nutrition training and bikini coaching. I started that in like, well, I started, I did personal training too, but my business wise, I started that in 2016 for a couple of friends. And then 2017, I actually got some paying clients. And by 2018, I was like making, you know, some money from it, like enough to like go work at the bar, like once or twice a week, you know, just enough to be happy with what I had. And when I was in 2019, I think the pressure of 2016, 17 and 18 just started piling up. Like I said, why wasn't I where I was supposed to be? And that's all I could think about. Mm. It, it was like, just consumed me. And so I felt like such a failure. And once I got to that point and met Graham and he taught me, you know, a little bit of mindset stuff. And just from the very moment, like we started talking, it's like, it unlocked a new level for me. And since then I've been coaching people in mindset work and in lifestyle habits and in setting goals and all those things. And essentially around at the very beginning of 2020, I created my program and I've been coaching people in my program for a whole year now. Like, it's crazy to think about that. I've had that program, but I'm actually rewriting the whole thing right now. I'm making it a six month program, adding in all the lessons I've learned since then. Um, just like yourself, you know, doing NLP, um, that's been helping a lot with understanding things on a deeper level. Plus we're going to have very specific, uh, therapy techniques to use on clients, which is going to be very amazing for people that have anxiety to PTSD to just normal day living people. And I'm just really excited to be able to offer more. Um, but essentially I just work with people who want to change their life from, I have some people who are really amazing, um, mothers who just want to be a better mother. And then I have people who um, want to build a business, you know, that are working for me for their self-confidence. And then, you know, I have people who have the job, have the money, but don't have the family, don't have the happiness. And so it's about just kind of, yeah, helping people find their fulfillment, their purpose, their why, um, is my main goal and helping them accomplish it. Yeah. I love that. And I will say, I love that you bring the mindset piece to the clients of yours that do bodybuilding and bikini shows because as someone who has done it like I've learned how important having a coach who gets you and understands your mindset at that point and I can't imagine what my experience would have been through if I had a coach that was training me not only just you know bodybuilding but mindset as well so I know like you know you have different types of clients that you really help but if you are listening and if you are a bikini competitor or want to be, I highly recommend reaching out to Allie because it will truly help you so much. Not just, you know, your performance, but just how you come out of it. Because I hit a really dark point during my, mm-hmm. as many people do mm-hmm. and feel so alone and secluded. I reach out to girls every day about stuff like that. I like follow hashtags and I'm just like, yo, if you need someone to talk to, I'm here. But the thing with bodybuilding is we're in our ego. People don't want help. People don't want to admit they're hurting. And all I want to say is like, I'm not tooting my own horn because there are other coaches that do similar things to what I do with bodybuilding. However, Tatiana was very true. Like you'll dig yourself in a hole. And unless you have someone that can listen, you're, you're going to more than likely end up in a hard place. And I've been in a hard place and it's tough. And I, 
I had a coach that listened and if, but if I had a coach who maybe understood mindset and training on a completely different level, I, I do think things would have been a little bit different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. Cause I know that I've been asked, you know, because people have seen my, my pictures for my shows and yeah, that's just what I recommend. So definitely hit up Allie, but before we finish up, I just have like a few questions for yeah. the listeners. So tell me, what would you say has been like the best piece of advice that you've been given in your life or that at least you can remember? I would say when I truly understood that my perception is my own reality. Ooh, ooh, that's a sting. Yeah. Let's go a little bit, just like, like, We'll talk a little bit on that just to make sure people understand what we say when we say perception is your reality. Do you want to break it down? Yeah. So kind of like those colored glasses we were just talking about, we, we view our life. I just, I think of mine as red through these red glasses. And when I was a kid, I learned you know, something was bad. And whenever I was a teenager, I learned not to do this. And whenever I was an adult, someone told me I sucked at that. And whenever I, you know, whenever my pet died, I realized that all people who hated pets were evil. And, you know, I'm, these are all examples, but right. So you start accumulating all these thoughts, all these beliefs, all these ideas. Also, another thing working against you is your memory. We only store a small fraction of what we learn and what we see and what we perceive by the world. So if Tatiana and I were to see the exact same situation happen, we're going to recall different scenes. We're going to recall different moments. We're going to probably even recall a completely different situation. Yeah. Especially if you wait, let us wait a couple days, at least my brain. So (laughs) for me to recall my life and think what actually happened and to not take anything as serious, not take everything as personally, not take, um, not make assumptions about things anymore, because I'm starting to realize this all has to do with my own thought process, my own view, like my own perception. So my reality, essentially, I realized I can make it as amazing as I want it to be just by my thoughts, but I can't also like place judgment or, or see negatives and other people based off of my own thoughts because of my own perception. Like mm-hmm. it, it is all my own perception yeah. and it's just, you know, it really did change. <laughs> when you that. like, it's when I first heard that, I was like, okay, I get it. Like it took me a few times to really digest it and grasp that. So if you're hearing this for the first time, don't worry, yeah. but it's true. And when you can shift that, when you can finally realize it, that's when better, relationships come out of it because then you realize like oh we just have different perceptions like different models of the world is what we call it different filters Um, and if you've ever experienced that like for example my sister and I went to this meditation class we moved to Florida and after the class we get in the car and I'm like wow that was the best thing ever I love it I feel so great and she goes are you kidding me that was the worst thing I've ever fucking done like I hated that and I was just like but we were both in the same class, listening to the same guided meditation, but our thoughts, feelings, past memories created a different experience for us. And I was like, that was really what, that was like the first time I really understood like, oh shit. Okay. Like 
mm-hmm. totally different. So I love that. That's a great advice. And if you're listening, I highly recommend just slowly digesting that, you know, day after day when you yeah. talk to people, get in arguments because like their perception of what happened is not, you know, there really is no, nothing's real. And when you realize yeah. that, <laughs> when you realize that nothing's real, it's just your real, your real something different than somebody else's. It, it just, it's kind of a little bit of a mind fuck. So we'll just end it there, but <laughs> yeah, it is. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and tell me, what are your top success habits that you feel like have really helped you become, you know, the person you are today, success in business and that others should incorporate? Totally. Well, just like most, uh, successful people you hear talk about this, it comes down to the basics and guys, I'm telling you the basics are what matters. So I would say, for me, it's nutritious food. I eat very plain diet. I eat at home a lot. Um, sleep. If I don't go to bed at a certain time or get my eight hours, I don't function the same way. Uh, seven, I could kind of function. And then next is meditation. If I don't meditate at least five out of seven days a week, I feel wrong. I feel off. I start getting overwhelmed. Meditation, even if it's five, 10 minutes, if I have one good meditation, like where I cry and really connect, it fuels me the whole week. It gives me enough motivation to keep like just meditating and reading and thinking. And I'm like, feel so good. So I want to keep, you know, acknowledge how important that is. And if you don't know how to meditate, like I said, there's YouTube, mm-hmm. you can message us. I actually talk to people. So I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to say like, Hey, goodbye. Like, you know, I'll explain to you how to meditate if you really want me to. So with Tatiana, um, and then other than that, I'm sure I'm missing some, Oh, continuous learning. That's a huge success yeah. habit of mine. Always learning, listening to podcasts, reading a book, talking to new people. And honestly, one of my biggest ha- tips is go experience things stop sitting at home, like stop being afraid to go places and do things like that truly did change my life and puts you out of your comfort zone. And that's something you need to grow. Yeah. I love it. You touched on two things. I'm just created an Instagram post today on that is get really being uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, just because we're mindset coaches and we know this stuff doesn't mean we don't have those limiting beliefs or thoughts come into our head. Uh, Like I went, yeah, (laughs) I went golfing this weekend with Evan and my friends and the thoughts still came up. Like, you're not athletic. Like, who are you trying to be? You're just, you're going to make a fool of yourself or what are you going to look like when you fail? How are you going to feel? Because they're all pros at golf, you know, but I'm like, shut up. Like, let's have fun, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So, mm-hmm. and then the second one was meditation was if you're listening, well, yeah, cause I released it today as I'm recording this, but I recorded a meditation one-on-one just talking to you about like what meditation is. I feel like a lot of people have this concept of it's so woo woo or it's only for the monks or whatever, but it's like, no, everybody should be doing this. Um, so I've recorded a podcast on that. And I also recorded a three part beginners guided meditation series. So scroll back, find so those cool. if you really want to get into it. Um, cause so many people, you know, get have all these questions. So I hope that is a resource you guys can listen to. I think that's Mm -hmm. episodes nine, 10. So start there, but I love those. I love that. That's honestly the same top success habits I have as well. Um, tell me what are you currently reading and what's like the number one book someone should go buy right now? Oh my gosh. I've become a book fiend. So one resource you guys can do is if you want contact me, I run a book club. Uh, we read a book every single month, been doing it for the last like year and a half. 
So this book right now, my clients wanted, not just clients, but followers wanted to do a uh, finance book. So we're reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, it's really good. I, like I started it. that. It's like story. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's easy to read. And then next month we're reading uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. So Have we're you getting- read that? Not all the way. I need, yeah. I love, I love Dr. Book. Joe. I'm so excited. Yeah. So we have um, that and we have a lot of like metaphysical, spiritual books and mindset books on this, this uh, year's book club list with a couple of nutrition ones at the end. So it's going to be kind of like a good full force for people who like spirituality and mindset work. Um, best book ever. Wow. I can't even explain what that would be, but one of the ones that touched me the most and I incorporate into my programming is uh, the four agreements. And if you're a newbie and you really need to learn something and you want to have some profound experiences while journaling, listen to that, listen to it again, listen to it seven or eight times, same chapter over and over again, journal about it, realize where it affects you in your life and then come back and ask for more books. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So you said you're currently reading the rich dad, poor dad one, right? Yep. Yep. I need to, I need to re-listen to that. I started and I stopped. So love it. And last question is how can folks get in touch with you? Totally. So my website's under construction, but it's alliebase.com. So just my name um, on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. So if you want to see my stories and my posts and get a hold of me at any time, mostly uh, it's going to be Vaith fitness. So just A-L-L-Y-V-A-E-T-H fitness. And after that, I have an ele- uh, my Elevate You Mindset Mentorship Group on Facebook. That's where I run my book club. So if you're on Facebook and you want to join my mentorship group, it's really all we do is just post random quotes and talk about book club and some stuff. So it's it's pretty low <laughs> low low key if you want to join. Um, other than that, yes, I think those are my top three. <laughs> awesome. I'll make sure I put all those links in the show notes below. Is there anything else? Any last minute tips? Anything you want to add for the listeners today? Um, well, I just want to say thank you for having me on and thank you guys for listening. It means a lot. Definitely can give me a follow. Um, just like Tatiana, we're both very interpersonal with everybody. We want to make a connection. We want to um, help you grow. So if you found anything super valuable, definitely give us a repost to help us both out. Um, but yeah, I'm just grateful that you guys are listening. And remember, you're the creators of your own reality. So don't let the world like define who you are, essentially. Yes, I love that. And yeah, if you found value in this, if you had like, holy shit, brain explosion moments of like some of the things that we dabbled into, and that was just like, you know, dipping our toes in. So the kind of work that we do and the depth that we go in with our clients. Yeah, take a screenshot, tag us, share what you like we're mind blown about. We want to hear and yeah, DM us. We are very open to continuing these type of conversations. Allie is the sweetest thing. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Again, if you want to reach out to her, give her a follow. I'll put the links in the show notes and thank you so much. Your story is so inspirational and I'm excited to have you on the show again. Sweet. Thanks guys. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with me and write an Apple iTunes review so I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't following me already, you can find me on Instagram at Tatiana underscore Kuto. I appreciate you so much and cannot wait to see you in the next episode. In the meantime, continue to shine bright and embrace your radiance.